0: A long time ago, on a spinner rack far, far away. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics. Exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 52, The Human Fly, Issue 8, continuing our April 1978 cover date coverage. Hello, time travelers. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here once again to continue as we journey back in time to 1978, to January of 1978, actually, where we are going to find comic books that were published with a cover date of April 1978 by Marvel. These are comic books that are licensed. These are comic books that may feature some heroes from the Marvel Universe. But these are comics that are based on TV shows, movies, toys, and in the case of the issue I hold in my hand right now, a real-life stuntman called The Human Fly. Okay, so The Human Fly issue number eight published, well, released rather, on the stands in January of 19... 78 cover price, 35 cents. Get 17 pages of story. Like I said with uh the man from Atlantis, that's two cents per page that you're paying for each page of story, plus another penny for the cover. And what a cover it is. It promises us mayhem at the Metropolitan. It tells us that the human fly is the wildest superhero ever because. He's real, it says a charity stunt flings the fly into conflict against the incredible Copperhead. Incredible Copperhead. And it's guest starring a special guest, the White Tiger. So we are once more returning into territory that will remind us that the human fly is taking place in the Marvel 616 universe. When we get to the end of the story, we are going to find out that there is going to be another reminder that we are in the Marvel Universe. And, you know, most of what I'm reading for this series won't be like this uh, right now. Later on, we're going to get into some things that have some tight, tight connections to the Marvel Universe. But right now, Star Wars is not. Godzilla is. Human Fly is. The man from Atlantis is not John John Carter is not part of the Marvel universe but then there was Conan uh now we're not touching Tarzan Tarzan I think was in its own realm uh but Conan was I mean that was laying groundwork for huge huge swaths of Marvel history between Conan and and King Call uh, or Kral Call. Yeah, not Crawl. Crawl is that science fiction movie from the '80s that I like a lot more than I probably should. Speaking of Crawl, I actually tried to track down who had the who owned the rights to Crawl, and and tried to see if I could option the rights to do a a Crawl comic book. Um, I I had some good ideas for that, but uh, when I contacted the company that licensed, uh. Well, I shouldn't say contact of the company that licensed it. The, the company that owns some of the rights to crawl, uh, they decided that it really wasn't even worth the time to have any lawyers look into the possibility that they might be able to license the comic book out to me. <laughs> and uh, and when I realized that they weren't going to be hiring lawyers to do that. Uh, I certainly was not going to be hiring lawyers to do that because I was just a guy, not not, you know, not even a small comic book publisher at the time. So, yeah. So that's why there's no Ben Avery presents Crawl the Further Adventures. Um so, yeah. I've just spent a couple minutes now talking about something other than the Human Fly. And honestly, I would rather talk about almost anything other than the human fly. <laughs> but all, all that to say, Conan and, and the other um, Robert E. Howard barbarian stuff that Marvel published were, again, tied into the history of Marvel as far as you know the ancient history of the Marvel 616 universe. The human fly is, takes place squarely in the Marvel 616 and in this issue, uh you know, first issue we had Spider-Man. Huge guest star. I mean, he's a, he's a get, man. You know, I mean, if you're going to have a guest star, you want to have Spider-Man. This is before the time when if you had a guest star, you wanted to have Wolverine, and way before the time when if you had a guest star, you wanted to get Deadpool. No, Spider-Man was the get. But in issue number 8, we have the White Tiger. <laughs> apparently had appeared in at this point two issues of spider-man now I- i'm going to just admit right now i don't have a very long history with the white tiger i believe that i may have had one comic as a kid that had this guy in it uh his name's hector hector i Ay- i i'm i'm positive i'm saying his name wrong it's a it's a spanish or a hispanic name but he, this is the first white tiger and, and he was created by Bill Mantlo. And this is, I only know this cause I looked it up. He's created by Bill Mantlo and George Perez actually in the um, deadly hands of Kung Fu. And he appeared in some Spider-Man issues and some daredevil issues and in the human fly. So our story, <laughs> this, I'm sorry. I mean, I like the human fly as an idea I don't like the human fly so much in execution. This story kind of stinks and the art isn't that great. This is Bill Mantlo and Frank Robbins, who also did the, you know, the man from Atlantis issue from the previous segment here that we were doing uh, with with this April 1978. But this story makes very little sense. It really comes down to, I think, Bill Mantlo kind of had a cliffhanger in mind. And had the resolution for the cliffhanger in mind and then had to figure out, how do I get to that cliffhanger so I can use the resolution that I want to use? Uh, it comes down to this. Uh, Human Fly is doing a benefit at the Metropolitan in New York, and he's doing skateboard stunts. You know, And that's going to come back because he's going to use the skateboard to get around the museum real fast when he needs to get the bad guy. Uh, does say, actually, we have Bill Mantlo, writer, Frank Robbins, artist, New York Tribe, inks, which just kind of tells me that this was a rush job to get this finished in time uh, because they, they use this this team of inkers. Joe Rosen, letters, Mary Titus, colors and Archie Goodwin, editor. But then special thanks to Adam Mantlo of the Suicide Skydivers Skateboard Club for technical advice. I almost feel like this was. Bill Mantlow kind of saying, What are the kids like these days? Skateboards. So he's gonna do some skateboard stuff. And skateboard he does. He goes around a loop-to-loop, just like a Hot Wheels car would. Um then we have some moments with uh our reporter, Miss White, who, you know, she's gotta think about oh oh wow, I'm supposed to, you know, do the expose on him for my job, or if I don't do it, I'll lose my job and and She wants to talk to Human Fly and Human Fly wants to talk to Harmony White. I mean, she's she's now being nicer, kind of. But it's, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, it's a television thing, especially. But even movies do this. and, And it's happening here where, like, if the characters would just talk, you know, I don't know how much time between last issue and this issue occurred but between last issue and this issue they didn't get a chance to and now she's trying to talk to him in the middle of the whole stunt thing and uh it's not a time not a good time and so they're probably not going to get a chance to talk between now and the next you know issue when she's going to have to try and interrupt a stunt to try and talk to him but it's it's <laughs> that's not terribly bad i mean we've had some pretty goofy opening stunts with like the shark thing <laughs> and that but Uh, meanwhile you have Hector and he is walking around he's kind of you know being a little grumpy and feeling bad for himself and thinking about the fight he had with Spider-Man and uh, he's heading into the museum and unfortunately in the museum is Copperhead (laughs) Copperhead again I I really don't know who this guy is so I had to look him up and I found out that he he appeared in a couple daredevil issues before this and not much after this uh and i I don't want to give away too much i have a feeling from what i read on wikipedia about this character that next issue is going to reveal a lot more about him all i do know is that he has a copper face hence copper head he speaks with kind of a snaky kind of lisp where he'll say now there is no one who shares my secret. Speaking of, uh, I never understood why it was that when they would write snake dialogue, they do the s on all the things. You know, I can understand the s on all the you know actual s sounds, like when he says, uh, "So I grant you a parting gift of verse to quote the poetess in your death he lies." There with pennies on his eyes. But then they also do like extra S's for when it's the sh sound. It just, I don't understand why, because it's a different sound. It's not, you know, the snake hisses. A snake doesn't hiss with a she. It, but I digress. I mean, and actually, this comic makes me want to digress a lot. Now, the Copperhead thing. Um. One element that does kind of intrigue me is that after he kills this guy in the museum, he puts pennies on his eyes. Pennies are made out of copper, but then that's also to send them across the river sticks. And see, that's that's a sound. That's that's a S sound right there. You have the sticks. And then with the Xs, there should have been, have been extra Ss with the X sound in sticks. But... They didn't do it, and I'm not the editor of the book. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. It's an intriguing little element there, and and, uh, like I said, I have a feeling that in issue 9, we're going to find out more about the background of this guy. Anyway, this guy, this Copperhead guy, he has an interesting uh, modus operandi, but he has a ridiculous, stupid plan. And... uh, Well, first of all, they he's he's there. He's just killed this guy, but now he left and Hector comes in and the police come in just as Hector bends over the dead body. And so you have the classic misunderstanding of the hero body because he's investigating. But then the police come and see him with the dead body and think that he is actually the one who killed him he runs away which also makes them think that maybe he's guilty for you know murder Uh, but he runs around the corner turns into the white tiger and leaps at the police and bounds past them because he has to find copperhead the villain i mean obviously there's a villain involved because he knows he didn't do it meanwhile human fly is zipping around on his skateboard You know, to get around quicker, it's a museum, it has flat floors and open hallways, and of course it's going to be just easier to get around um, all the fragile exhibits. And then there's a bunch of children, of course, because this is a Human Fly comic, there has to be children involved, and they are all walking he he makes them go into this room with a bunch of greek artifacts where they're going to be safe because they heard you know the commotion and everything but copperhead is actually trying to steal a great big giant huge greek urn and so he's actually in the room with them so as human fly and white tiger confront copperhead the urn starts to sink down into the 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 floor, and now there's some gunfire, and so the human fly tells them you've got to hide behind that urn. They can't get out of hiding because if they get out of hiding behind this urn, they're going to get shot. So he jumps down to be with them. The white tiger stays up to stick with uh, Copperhead and, and continue fighting. Human fly and the urn and the children are now under the museum in an abandoned subway uh, tunnel. That is now going to fill up with water. Now, there's guns up above. There's water down below. I don't even know if they could get back up above from where they are. And the white tiger then goes to fight Copperhead. But gets shot by a poison dart. Like he used to kill the museum guy. And so we end on a cliffhanger. With white tiger having been shot by the dart. And he is falling unconscious. And it says, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the captions for what it says about Human Fly. Um, And thus falls the white tiger, leaving only the Human Fly, a man possessed of no extraordinary powers, a man with no super strengths, to save himself, his friends, the children in his care, and to single-handedly try to stop the sinister schemes of Copperhead. And then it says, well, almost single-handedly, next issue, Daredevil makes three. So, Human Fly, White Tiger, Daredevil, they're going to team up against Copperhead in the next issue. But I have a feeling I know where this is going to go. They're going to all get into the urn and ride the urn down the rapids or something. Uh, But the, the urn is big enough that these children could probably all fit in there. But I'm just you know human fly calls it out he says you know whoever did this must be really rich to be able to have this kind of a plan and it's true this plan is ridiculous i mean he's trying to steal a great big huge copper urn at least i'm i didn't actually i just thought of that is it copper it would make sense if it is because you know he's copperhead i guess but it's one of those Villain schemes where it just costs way more to implement than it could ever pay off, unless it's paying off in that it's made out of copper and Copperhead wants it. And he's, you know, saying, Money is no object. I want this. It's going to be mine. I don't care. But money is an object. And at least in my world, and, uh, if I had read this as a kid, I don't think I would have really enjoyed it, although I would have reread it over and over again because I reread all of my comics over and over again, uh, even the ones that weren't that great. But reading this now as an adult, the kitsch of the 70s um, that, that sometimes, you know, kind of comes in on these comics, it's it's all here, but it is not fun at least not fun in the way that Man from Atlantis kind of was and that John Carter has definitely been and Star Wars has been. I guess what I'm saying in some ways or what I'm feeling rather in some ways is these are stories that are just getting put out there just because Bill Mantlo was hired to write them and he's going to do it. But it's not like he has a burning story idea that he really wants to put out there. And this is one of the first ones where I didn't feel like it was as heartfelt as far as you know. This is for the kids. You know, this is for uh, to inspire kids. Now, it, I guess it was trying to you know get into some multi multiculturalism, where the the event that he is doing his ex- exhibition at, um, it's it's an inner city festival, and the people come all ages and all races for music and for culture and for food and. Um, you know the kids that he's helping. You know in the past have had uh, disabilities of different sorts. You know maybe they're in a wheelchair or maybe they're blind or something like that. Uh, in this case, it's you know a group of of kids who are definitely it's it's a multicultural group, and so there is that element. But there's I just don't feel like oh I I want to tell this story because I want to inspire someone. It just feels like more like ah oh, I'm going to tell the story because I've got to tell this story. What else am I going to do? Oh, skateboarding, Oh, what if it's at a museum and oh, copperhead, he would want to get something that's big in copper, you know i I'm just not enjoying this so much uh and it's not the kind of thing where I'm just so amazed at how bad it is. It's just it just it's just really middle of the road. again, not bad enough to be good and not good enough to be great. It's just, it's there and the art is okay. Although I was wondering about the whole underwater poses of Frank Robbins' art, uh, the kind of awkward poses of his Mark Harris, the man from Atlantis. These Those same poses are happening here. There's some weird angles to how the bodies are being held and they all I, I think are anatomically possible, but and maybe part of it is just, I'm just so not impressed. Uh, and, and this is not anything against Bill Mantlo. This is my opinion uh, as I'm reading this. Uh, and like I said, he's super talented. He has done some stuff that I've been really inspired by, honestly. This is not one of them. So on that note, I'm going to <laughs> take uh, bring this third segment of uh, the April 1978 coverage To a close, and move on to uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. But that ends our Human Fly (laughs) review. And I'm just going to have to say until next time, thank you for listening. And Godspeed. Next episode, Godzilla number nine, Last Gamble in Las Vegas.